You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. This morning, we are uh, continuing a series we started um, uh, at the beginning of the month called Plan A. And uh, before we jump into the message this morning, I wanted to mention a, a few quick things that uh, are important. First of all, last week, if you weren't here, um, we handed out Lenten devotionals. Uh, if you don't know, we're in the Lenten season, which is a wonderful season for fish fries. Um, but it's also a fun time to start looking toward Easter. So if you didn't get a Lenten devotional and you're like, man, I'd like to, it's not too late, you can pick up, they're dated, so you can just pick up tomorrow, whatever the date, uh, February 26th. And if you stop by the Connection Center, they have some extras of those, and uh, you can pick those up. Um, also, next week, we're kicking off a new series. Um, a new series is called The Scarlet Thread. And uh, this series is really, as we walk through March, Toward Easter, we're gonna be talking about this scarlet thread, the thread of the gospel that we would attribute to the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. It's actually present throughout the entire Bible. It's this thread woven throughout scripture. And so we're gonna be starting that next week, talking about the gospel and creation and how we see the gospel present even in creation. So uh, that'll be starting next week. And last thing I wanna mention, uh, I mentioned Roberto and Gloria who are here. Uh, There's another couple, Zach and Camille, two missionary couples living in Irwin for a few months. How cool is that? Both from East Africa. How awesome is that? We, Irwin is the crossroads of the world, isn't it? Like everyone's, Alberto, who you heard earlier, he's gonna be coming here in April. We're gonna get to hear him, get to see him. Um, but with uh, two missionary couples here for a few months from East Africa, which is so unique, we thought, man, we can't miss that opportunity. So we're gonna be launching a life group in a few weeks uh, in March, a uh, missions life group. It's gonna be six weeks where you're gonna get to hear about what it means to be a missionary. What is missions? What does that even mean? What does it mean to take the gospel into new places, into foreign places? And so if six weeks, uh, it's gonna be on Wednesday nights. If you would be interested in being part of the group, it's gonna be uh, amazing. Got to talk through the whole plan with them. And man, it is gonna be one of those once in a lifetime chances. It's not every day for six weeks you get to sit uh, and listen and learn from two couples who have been on the mission field in Africa uh, for an extended period of time. That's gonna be awesome. So uh, if you'd be interested in being part of that group, uh, if you go to connect.calvaryirwin.com, click groups, and you'll see the group listed there, and you can sign up to six weeks, so it's not that long. Wednesday nights at seven, and I uh, hope you can, can join us and join that group because it's gonna be one of those really cool, cool opportunities. You know, this time of the year, uh, even though we've had a really mild winter, a stinky winter, maybe for you, it's an awesome winter. We've had n- too little snow, in my opinion, my opinion. Um, but but even, even with that, there are these frigid days where people, I always get to hear this, they long to go south. They're like, ah, it's too cold. You know, today it was in the teens, okay? It's February, it's supposed to be in the teens. Um, but, but, People are like, oh, I can't wait to go south. I just want to go south. Maybe, maybe you're one of those people and on these frigid days that you dream of 80 degree weather, sitting on the beach, listening to the waves crash. Some of you are like crying right now because you can't wait to do that. Uh, if that's what gets you through the, like these, some of these very infrequent cold days we have anymore, that's cool. That's good. You see, the desire to be somewhere else is part of our human experience. It's something that human beings have been experiencing for many years. Since the beginning of human existence, we have been longing for greener pastures elsewhere. 
Uh, whether it's where you live, where you work, or maybe even the family you're part of, which is probably more of an issue around the holidays, but whatever it might be, we're like, man, if I could just be in a less crazy family, or if I could just be in a workplace that is a little calmer, if I could just, you know, live somewhere warmer or nicer or whatever. In fact, by a show of hands, how many of you are in that, I, if I could be anywhere right now, I just wish I could go south where it's warmer. How many of you? We have a bus in the parking lot right now. And we're going to, no, I'm kidding. How, how many of you, I show of hands, how many of you, you just want to go to the mountains? You would just love to go to the mountains. There we go. There's my people. All right. How many of you, if you could just curl up next to a fire with a good book, that's, that's, you're, you're cool with that. You're good with that. Okay. And then the rest of you, you're happy where you are. That's good. We're, we're doing well. It, you know, it's natural to be in one place and be thinking of another. It, it's, it's not always the best thing, but it's a normal thing. Thousands of years ago, this was a struggle for God's people who had been exiled to this foreign city called Babylon. They were relocated against their will because they had been invaded to a city that they absolutely hated that was the complete opposite of what they were used to, complete opposite of where they came from. As they continually complained about their new home, as they were reminded daily of how absolutely foreign, different uh, from what they were accustomed to, they deeply hated it. And, and to say that doesn't quite put words to how they were feeling. Uh, but then God sent this prophet, his name was Jeremiah, and he spoke some really interesting words to them that weren't quite what they were expecting. They're recorded in the, the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, in chapter 29, verse seven. Now, some of you may have heard of Jeremiah 29, 11. It's like, uh, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you a hope and a future. It's a wonderful verse. We feel warm and fuzzy inside. We you know, feel all good about ourselves. If you read the whole chapter, there's a reason Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He didn't always share the information or the news that people wanted, but he was sharing what God wanted them to hear. And here's what he shared in verse seven about where they were living. He said, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And if you were an Israelite, you were like, no, that's the last thing I wanna hear. I don't wanna pray for the prosperity of this horrible, ugly place. I wanna pray for the destruction of this place. Why would I seek the prosperity of this city I've been carried? I wanna burn this place down. They burnt my city down. They destroyed something that was precious to me, and you want me to pray that they do well. I am confused. This wasn't what they were hoping to hear. They wanted God to tell them he was gonna deliver them and send them home. But there they were, still living in Babylon, a foreign, unfamiliar place that they were trying really hard to make feel like home. This is the struggle that our human nature presents to us. The conflict of where we are versus where we could be or possibly even where we want to be. You know, it's the tension of the here and the there. What's familiar and what's foreign. What's in close proximity and what is more distant. And throughout this month, we've been talking about how God's plan for the church, God's plan for the church is his plan A to transform the world. There, there's no plan B. Like if God said 2,000 years ago, he said, I wanna transform this world. In fact, Jesus would make this statement called the Great Commission. It's recorded in five New Testament books. One of the only statements recorded in five New Testament books like this. And the Great Commission was, I'm sending you into this world to make disciples, to change this world, to, to help people and experience who Jesus is and how they can live like him. 
Like, this was the Great Commission. And, and God's plan for that wasn't like a good marketing plan. It wasn't, hey, let's put more money in Google ads. It, 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 it wasn't, let's create the internet so that we can do this. It, it wasn't any of that. God's plan A, and is still, 2,000 years later, his plan A, is the church. With all of its baggage and issues, it's still the church. And that, that isn't a statement to say, like, the church is so great, like we're trying to have this self-fulfilling prophecy, like, we're gonna tell you the church is great just so that you believe it, even though we don't believe it. The church isn't perfect. This isn't a tr- statement to say that the church is just awesome, but that the church is the vehicle or means through which God has specifically chosen to change the world. And as an individual or as a church, I don't know if you've ever, ever wondered, why am I where I am right now? Why am I where I am right now? Like, why are you in the job and living in the neighborhood that you live in? Why, why is this church in this community right now? Like, of all the places God could have placed you, why here? And, and in all of history, of all the times that God could have put you, why now? Why did God choose this time and this place? I know, I know there are certainly a whole list of circumstances that have brought you to the place that you now live in the job you work and even the family that you're part of. And while there are a lot of answers to that question, ultimately, I believe deeply that God has placed you where he has, when he has, for a clear purpose. The question is, what is that purpose? In other words, why here, God? And that's the question the Israelites were asking in 600 BC when they were ripped from their homeland. And it's not a question that you just ask when you're in a place you hate or when we long to be somewhere else. That's because some of you, you love where you are. You couldn't imagine being in a better, more perfect place. While others of you can relate a lot with the Israelites who are exiled to Babylon, you long for another place, a, a place where you can have more fill in the blank, whatever it might be. But regardless of whether you love where you are or hate it, here's the reality. You're here. You're here. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and just tell them, you are here. That's my way like halfway through to wake everybody up. So that was like the opportunity to wake up your spouse or whatever. Um, If you're watching online, post in the comments, where is here right now? We'd love to hear that. We're here, okay? This is where we're at, right? And and today as we we talk about God's plan for the church, I wanna talk to you about his plan for you being here, but also for us reaching there, meaning the places that we aren't right now. In the the fifth book in the New Testament, the book of Acts, uh, God was laying the groundwork for what we now know as the church. In the opening chapter, Jesus shares uh, with his early followers this glimpse of what was yet to come. It's recorded in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Here's, Here's what it said. It said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus was really saying here is this, that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is going to fill you and empower you so that you can take this good news, this gospel message that I've given you, and it will impact where you are right now, your Jerusalem, the places you're familiar with, your Judea and Samaria, and the places that you've never gone before to the ends of the earth. And understand that last one was a pretty far-fetched dream given the lack of ability to just travel. Today, we can get on a plane and go almost anywhere in the world. We can travel all over. If you have the resources, you can travel. 
Well, in that time, understand like that wasn't available to them. They didn't have cars. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have these things. The only thing they had was an animal to ride or a boat to board. Like, that's, that was their option. Or they could just walk. Like, because, you know, we've always dreamed of walking from Israel to India. That sounds like a great idea. Um, this was the only way. And it seemed like this far-fetched dream, like, God, the ends of the earth. How is that even possible? But as you walk through this remarkable book called the book of Acts, this is exactly what would unfold. The church wouldn't be contained any longer to the borders of Israel, but would go to the literal ends of the known world. What a remarkable time this must have been. This was the very first viral message to go across the world. But if we're not careful, we could easily believe or assume that this special time recorded in the book of Acts was like a unique time that was just for that time. Like at the end of the first century, the apostles would die because they were human beings. They would die and that time was closed and that chapter was closed. But but we don't believe that. Why? If you follow through the rest of the New Testament, you see this posture, this approach continue beyond the book of Acts. And it was this, not this one-time thing, but it was a model that God intended the church to continue to operate with throughout its existence. And now, 2,000 years later, we still have the same unique posture. It's a posture summed up in this simple statement that I want to share with you today. It's this, that the Great Commission is not just for those that are here, but also those that are there. The Great Commission, which is what's recorded in all five of those books, to go into all the world and to preach the good news to all creation, that Great Commission isn't just for those that are here that are like us, but also those that are there that are unlike us. This is maybe a unique approach that we have as a church. And if you've been here for any extended period of time, you've probably seen this very, this very approach lived out. The approach is this, we are not a church that simply exists to gather people. And, and that's not against churches that might be that way, but we're not a church that we're trying to gather people in our building just so we can be bigger and have more butts in the seats and, and all of that. That's, that's not our, our goal. We aren't here to use our community to build our church. No, we're here to use our church to build our community. See, we're not here to gather, we're here to go. And, and this is a, a, a deep, deep passion, heartbeat of our church. Rather, we are a church that exists to meet our community on their turf, where they are. We, we have a strong conviction that we have been placed here as a church for a reason and for a purpose. And that purpose isn't to exploit our community so we can grow our church. No, it's to push our resources to the edge so we can build our community. Because here's the idea. Where God's people are, God's presence is. Where God's people are should be left better than it started. Where we go, work, school, through our neighborhoods, what we are doing collectively as a church with projects and, and serving opportunities, we should make this community a better place because we're here. Not because we're awesome, but because we're carrying the presence of an almighty God, a God that believes in the redemption of all things. And I believe that the moment we start to become more insider-focused than outsider-focused, we are nearing the beginning of the end of our existence. We keep our eyes fixed on what's outside these walls, not what's inside these walls. This is our mission, to lead people into an overflowing life with Jesus. And what God does in us, ultimately he should do through us. And if we simply gathered in this building, took time to worship, 
were challenged by God's words, but nothing outside these walls was impacted, we would be failing miserably at our mission. If all that was impacted in this community was a little extra traffic on Pennsylvania Avenue on Sundays or Wednesdays, we failed. We've fallen short. We are to be a church that overflows. This is why we do Calvary Cares projects. This is why we're doing what we're doing. You know, this year, we get to partner with North Huntington EMS and redo their, their, their lounge area for, for the paramedics there and EMTs. <laughs> why do we do that? Because we want to make this community better. But why do we do projects like we're, we're partnering with three churches in our community to help them do their events and activities in this community better? Not with our name on it, with their name on it. Why would we do that? Because we want this community to be better. Why, why would we partner with Mosaic Community Church and Jeanette to help them with their farm-to-table uh, cafe that they're starting to help people with food insecurity? Because we're here to make this place better. It's not for our glory. Why, why would we redo a family room at the county courthouse? Like, it's 20 minutes away. We don't drive to Walmart and Greensburg because it's another community. Why would we do this? Because this is our place. This is where God has put us. This is our neighborhood. Whether you love it or hate it, this is home. And wherever God's people find themselves at home, he's called us to make better. That's what God was telling Jeremiah. You don't love this place, but I put you there. And if I put you there, you should pray for the prosperity of that place. It should be a better place because you are there. Because you carry the blessing of God. You carry the resources of God. You carry the grace of God. And that's what God has called us to do. This place, this community should be more than just a community that we gather people from, but we send people to. I could go on for the next hour on why we do this, how we do this, and why this is our end goal. I'm not gonna bore you with too much of that. If you have a free hour and you're like, I'm bored out of my mind, I have nothing else to do, reach out to me. I would love to grab lunch or tea. I don't drink coffee, but you can drink coffee. Um, I won't feel bad for you. Um, and I'll tell you all the reasons why we do this and how we do this. I could talk for hours on it. But, but, but this is why we are here. 50, 52 years ago, for whatever reason, God chose to put a church here. Calvary Church. 52 years ago, God knew that in 2024, there's gonna be a group of people who are gathering to worship here. None of you were here at that point. I wasn't even born. Um, we weren't even a thought at that point. But God knew in 2024 there was a community that needed support, needed transformation. And he said, you know what? We're gonna start this. And 52 years later, here we are. Look at what we get to do. We get to make a difference. You know, my hope is that uh, one day we're going to breathe our last and there's gonna be a pastor who speaks at our funeral. And at that funeral, that collectively, each of us, they could say, they left this place a better place than they found it. And as a church, what if we can make this place a better place because we're here? That people can look to Calvary Church and say, those are generous people. Those are good people. Not, not because they just like smile at you and give you like the fake, God is good, brother. You've heard it, I know. But because we put our money where our mouth is. We put our time, we put our time into it. We say, you know what? I'm not just gonna give lip service to this. I'm gonna go serve. I'm gonna get my hands dirty. I'm gonna give sacrificially because this is what God's people do. We do the hard things. We're here to transform this community. Now, if we're not careful, 
We can become so focused, though, just on our community that we forget that there's a world beyond our circles, beyond our existence. Like, I love Westmoreland County. Lived here most of my life. I love this area. But do you know that the world exists beyond Westmoreland County, beyond Norwin? I hope that's not news to you. But it's true. While God has placed us here for a reason and a purpose, his vision isn't just to transform our community, but to ultimately be part of transforming our world. You see, we live in America, a free nation where we can gather to worship without threat of retribution, injury, being put in jail. We go to the grocery store. Today you might go grocery store to to Giant Eagle or Walmart or Target or wherever. You, You go to the grocery store and you can walk aisle after aisle where there's four or five deep of almost everything. And you can get anything you want to eat or prepare. We are so incredibly blessed. But what Americans often are guilty of falling prey to is this this idea known as the false consensus effect. The false consensus effect is this, that that, uh, it, it describes how individuals frequently overestimate how much others share their beliefs, values, and behaviors. They're like, oh, everywhere in the world is like us. The rest of the world is just like us, right? No, it's nothing like us. This means that people often project their personal attitudes, ideas onto others, or or assuming that they they are more common or widespread than they actually are. Like, everyone must be like me, or everyone must be like this. The reality is, much of the world is vastly different from where we live and the view, the, uh, the view we have of the world around us. If you go to Kenya, where we heard from Alberto today, people live a very different life than we live. We, we are blessed to, to wake up this morning. You had water, I hope. You had electricity. You had food. You have clothing. There's a roof over your head. You turned the heat on because it was cold last night and you were okay. Like, we are so fortunate. And hopefully... This doesn't come as too much of an alarm to you. But God doesn't love us anymore simply because we're Americans. I know that might hit hard for you, but it's true. Like America isn't a chosen nation and God like circles the, the, you know, our calendar and he's like, you guys are better than everyone else. He loves us all. He also loves the Ukrainians and the Kenyans and the Chinese and the Iraqis and the Haitians. He loves them too deeply. John 3, 16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible says this, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It doesn't say God so loved America or God so loved Norwin. He loves the world, even the most hated parts of the world. Just as much as God loves Americans, he loves Russians. He, he, he loves Iranians. He, he, he loves those who, who maybe on the news, everyone's talking like they're the worst people in the world. God still loves them too. Although we, we love Norwin, we love Westmoreland County, and as a church, we feel this deep call to this place. God doesn't just love Norwin or Westmoreland County. He loves the world. And if our heart is to follow God and to love what he loves, we too should love the diverse world outside our walls, outside our borders, outside our cultural norms. You see, we find ourselves in 2024 with this unique perspective and vision that the Great Commission is not just for those that are here, but it's also for those that are there. We as a culture have never had a more global view. We are more in touch and more aware of what's happening around the world than we ever have been before. 
You know, when there's a catastrophe on the other side of the globe in in past years, we wouldn't find out about it for days or months in the paper. Today, we can find out about it in minutes when another catastrophe, an earthquake or a tsunami or, or, or something horrible takes place. When, when, when we find ourselves in this world, it's a unique place to, to live. You know, a few months ago, I was helping out with, our, with Calvary Preschool uh, one afternoon with one of our preschool classes. Uh, and uh, I was, that, that afternoon, I was there for a couple hours, and, and they were working on uh, learning about Africa. And they were coloring and drawing pictures and learning things about Africa. And I was, the person I was helping out with, and I asked them, hey, what, what, are we, what do we have planned for this afternoon with Africa? And they shared a few things. And I said, would I be able to do something uh, just kind of interject into your plan for a second. They're like, yeah, that's fine. So I had this really crazy idea. We have a number of care partners or missionaries that we work with uh, in Africa. And I was like, hey, who better to hear about Africa than people who are there? So I text Alberto, who we heard from today. I text him. It was about six hours difference. So he was still awake there in Kenya. And I said, hey, Alberto, would you have like 20 minutes to talk to some preschoolers about Kenya? And he's like, sure, because he's awesome. And so Alberto FaceTimes, we put it on the big TV screen there in the classroom, and there's like 20 preschoolers sitting with Alberto from Kenya getting to ask questions about what people eat there and what life is like there, and they got to see someone presently in Kenya, in Africa, talk about Africa when they're learning about Africa. How cool is that? Like, this is the world we live in. That didn't cost anything. It was nothing more than a text message and a phone call. Like, that was it. This is the world. We live in a global world. And if we forget about the world outside of our walls, we're detached from where we are right now as a world. This is, this is what makes this time special, I think. See, there's no doubt that we live in a global society in such a unique time in history. And God hasn't just placed us where he has and when he has without a purpose and a reason. No, no, he's given us resources to support his efforts to reach this world, to reach people who are not like us, who are, who are not where we are or where we've even ever been. And in fact, we see the fulfillment of this hope near the end of the Bible in this remarkable vision God gave the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, uh, the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter seven, verse nine, it says this, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Think about this, picture this. From every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And, and listen to this. And, and they, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and, and they were declaring, this is who God is. This is what's remarkable. They were crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation present. This is we get so sometimes uh, uh, boxed in and we forget. Do you know heaven? Heaven isn't gonna be all white. Heaven's gonna be this beautiful, beautiful picture of the diversity of God's creation. And if heaven's gonna be like that, Jesus' prayer was that heaven would come to earth, right? So why not be part of that happening now? You see, the kingdom of God is bigger than us. It isn't full of people that just look like us or talk like us, but every tribe, every tongue, every nation. We have a driving passion to reach our neighborhoods, our community, our region. But we can't just exist to reach our neighborhood and forget about the nations. So as a church, we take this unique posture that the Great Commission isn't just for those that are here, but also for those 
that are there. And here's my question to you today as the worship team comes. You see, this isn't a responsibility we simply take on as a church, but I believe it is the responsibility of every follower of Jesus. It's not even a responsibility we add to our list of religious to-dos, like, oh, I gotta do one more thing. Here's the amazing perspective of the, of the great commission that we've been given. Through the exercise of loving and caring and reaching people who are like us, who are near us, and those, and those vastly different from us and places far from us, and both of these efforts, it shapes us. It shapes us and changes us it molds us into a different person. A person that looks less and less like us and more and more like Jesus. You see, we won't become more like Jesus. We won't be a better reflection of Jesus if we simply stay where we are, do what's comfortable for us, and just keep existing. If I can just do what seems easy to me, God's never called us to do what seems easy to us. He didn't t- say to his 12 disciples, Hey guys, you're really comfortable here. You know the language. You look like everyone else. Why don't you just stay here, relax, and just talk to people at the temple courts every once in a while. Let them know the stories and the, the teachings I've told you. And, and, and that's the way you're gonna spend the rest of your life. Why, why don't you do that? No, he didn't say that. He said, go into all the world. And do you know those disciples would literally go to the ends of the earth and all but John would be martyred killed for their preaching of the gospel, for their faith in Jesus. This is what God has called us, not to be killed for the gospel, but to go to the uncomfortable places, to be willing to stretch ourselves. See, we won't become more like Jesus. We won't be able to look like Jesus if we're not willing to step out of what's comfortable. Now, following Jesus is a constant exercise of pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, recognizing the calling to the place that we're in right now, with a responsibility to the places beyond our borders. And today, I wanna challenge you as we kind of wrap up here with three simple callings that I think we have individually and as a church. The first is a calling to pray. It's a calling to pray. And, And sometimes we underestimate this, but there's such power in prayer, such power in prayer. We, we, while we may often pray for our needs, our job situation, our family, our relations, we're praying for the things affecting us. Imagine what could happen if we were willing to pray for others. Pray for those we've never met before. Pray for places we've never gone before. This year, um, we, our Calvary Cares team, we put together this passport. It's called our Calvary Cares Passport. And uh, the idea of this passport isn't that you're gonna go somewhere. Maybe you get to go somewhere and get a real passport. But this passport, each month throughout the next 12 months, we're gonna have a prayer focus each month. And uh, if you get this today, our Calvary Cares team is gonna be in the foyer handing these out if you wanna grab one. You can stop by the Calvary Cares booth at the beginning of each month or throughout the month. And we'll give you a little prayer guide for that month's focus. And you get a stamp saying, hey, I'm gonna pray for this this month. And if you get all 12 stamps throughout your passport, we're gonna have a little fun gathering at the end of the year to talk about what God has done and to celebrate everyone who got their passport stamped. And why are we doing that? Because there's such power in prayer. In, in 2 Chronicles 7, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and it doesn't say give, it doesn't say go, it says pray. There's power in prayer. Everyone can do that. It's the calling to pray. The second is the calling to give. Today is our Calvary Cares Commitment Sunday. What that means is today we all have the opportunity to make a commitment 
to give towards our Calvary Cares projects. And 100% of everything that's given towards these projects goes to these projects. We don't take any cut. We're not like, well, there's administrative costs involved with this. Good, we'll eat them. We'll take care of that. Everything that is given towards these projects goes towards these projects. Last year, we had $75,000 in projects, had over $110,000 given towards this project. This is, this is what makes our church so special. We don't fall short of our commitments. We go above and beyond. We overflow. We have the opportunity to make a commitment today. And, and I'm going to mention this. We'll hit this in a second. We'll go through this in a second. But you, when you came in, you got a commitment form. And my hope is that you've been praying about this. And you say, you know what, God, what, what can me or what can my family, what can we commit to give towards these projects? Once again, I'm not asking you to give towards a building here or anything. This is towards these projects. How can we as a church go above and beyond? If you're like, I don't like writing because I get writer's cramp when I just write my name. On the screen, there's a QR code and you can do it digitally. Do it on your phone. If you feel more comfortable feeling like you're posting something on TikTok as you make the commitment form, by all means, do it digitally. Scan the QR code. Um, we we want to give. And the last calling is the calling to go. While all of us can give and pray, there are some of us that your step of faith this year is to go. Is to say, you know what, I'm going to leave where I am and go somewhere else. As I mentioned before, we have four trips this year to Romania, to Alaska, to West Virginia, to Kenya. Maybe for you, God's putting in your heart to go. See, our heart, our hope for everyone in this church is that we would go Everyone in our church would go on a a trip at least once in their lifetime because it's so transforming. And if you want to get information or sign up, you go to calvarycarescampaign.org, scroll down to trips, and you'll see all four trips with an application there. You can fill it out. Even filling out the application doesn't mean you've destined yourself to go. It means, hey, I want to get some more information to hear about this trip. See, the Great Commission is not just for those that are here, but it's for those that are there. And uh, today is such an important, special day. As I mentioned, it's our Calvary Cares Commitment Sunday. And my wife and I, we give towards this project every year, and we try to, every year, increase it a little bit. And here's what I want to ask you. If you've never given towards our Calvary Cares Campaign, give something. I'm not asking you to give uh, a whole lot if you don't feel comfortable. Give something. Why? Because it's not what one person gives. It's what we give collectively. If you give and you've given to the Calvary Cares Campaign, ask yourself, ask the Holy Spirit, what does it, what does it look like to stretch myself a little bit? How can we make these projects not just happen, but happen in a a greater way? It's all of us working together. This isn't one person or a few people. This is literally all of us, hundreds of people giving towards these projects. So here's what I want you to do. If you have that form in your hands, I want you to take that and uh, fill it out. Put your name, address, phone number, email. How much weekly, monthly, or one time you wanna give. And we wanna pray for these. Pray over what God is speaking to you. On your way out, there's gonna be uh, baskets there that you can drop these in. You tear off the white one, keep the yellow one for you, and you give the white one. And throughout this year, we're gonna share updates about these projects. What's happening, how we're, the progress we're making. Because it's not just about giving, it's about hearing what God is doing and how he's moving. I wanna say thank you on the front end for your generosity, for your commitment. Not to me, not even to this church, but to people who are outside this church. Your commitment to them is making a difference. Getting to hear from the projects this last year and the impact it's made was just so inspiring. And we get to do that again and again and again. We've been able to give hundreds of thousands of dollars 
away through our Calvary Cares campaign. Thank you for being that generous church. So let's pray over these commitment forms this morning. And uh, as we pray, I'll pray that God would speak to you what you might be able and willing to give. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity today to practically be part of the Great Commission happening, not just for those that are here, but also those that are there. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would challenge us, prompt us, stretch us beyond what's comfortable, beyond what's familiar. God, as we give, that we would give sacrificially. Not because we're, we have this end goal of being impoverished, but God, because we believe that when we are blessed, we are blessed to be a blessing. God, that you have given us resources to stretch and to use, not just for our benefit to, or to consume, but Lord, to give for the benefit of others. God, take everything that is committed and given. God, multiply it. God, I pray that you would do more through this, these projects than we could even ask, think, or imagine. God, for the children, the adults, the families, the individuals, the churches, God, that you would show your love and your grace through this simple way. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be generous. Thank you for being part of such a church that is so generous. Bless these commitments and, and, and all that is given in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me this morning before we go? If you haven't filled out a commitment form, make sure you fill one out and you can drop it in the basket on the way out. If you wanna hang out for a little bit and fill it out, that's cool. I just wanna close with a prayer commission. You know, there are moments where Timothy, or where the Apostle Paul prayed over young Timothy and, and other leaders that he had raised up as they would go and start churches and pastor in different communities, whether it be in Ephesus or Corinth or Thessalonica. And, and, and as he would send them, he would commission them. He would challenge them and exhort them. And here's what I want to do. We are part of the Great Commission. It's not just for people who are pastors, but we are here to take the Great Commission, this message of Jesus, to those that are here and those that are there. And that's all of our responsibilities, not just one of ours. And I want to pray commissioning over you that wherever you go, you go out to eat today or you go to work tomorrow or school or, or throughout your neighborhood, that you are commissioned as a carrier of the gospel. God wants to use your influence, your resources, your time to help one more person know who Jesus is and how he loves them. God, I thank you right now for who you've placed here, who's watching online. But Lord, you have a specific time and moment, Lord, for such a time as this. I pray, Lord, a commissioning over them. Holy Spirit, empower them and equip them today. God, use them as carriers of the gospel, carriers of your love and your grace, Lord. Wherever we step foot, Lord, that we carry your presence, that we carry your blessing and goodness, Lord. God, use our resources, our influence, our time and our talent. Use it, Lord, to show Jesus and his love to one more person this week. Thank you, God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. God, today and over this next year through our Calvary Cares campaign. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Look forward to seeing what God's gonna do. Have a great week and we'll see you next week as we kick off our new series. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. 
See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 